Surprise, surprise. Let me adjust my seat because it's making all kinds of crickly oh. crackly noises. Crickly crackly, crickly crackly. Hey. Oh, we, oh, we started recording. We yeah. are recording. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I All I hear is like desk noise and he's like, I'm adjusting. And I'm like, wait, I'm wait, adjusting. we're rolling? We're rolling? We're rolling. This is live. Well, Cue the studio lights. <laughs> Guys, you know what? Just roll the music. <laughs> just, just roll the music. Wait, it's Creator's Playbook, where we inspire creativity and writing and art and storytelling. Yay. And thank you for joining us. Guess what? Wow. Guys? What? We fly. Really? Yeah, we fly. That's how if we get there. If there's giant spiders involved, I want we nothing fly. to do with it. Wait, where are we going? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> we were doing the arachnophobia music. <laughs> Is that what you were doing, Stephen? No. That's what I was <laughs> doing. Well, okay. <laughs> My bad. I guess we can Okay, speaking of, though, um, so this has now been a couple of months, but we did rewatch that movie. You guys... It has just as much suspense as it did the first time. Like, no way. Really? So no way. Good. It didn't. You know, it didn't. Wow. It's been 20 years since I've seen it. Has it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was still at the edge of my seat watching that movie. And it's kind of funny because it's so dated. Like, the it's, movie looks pretty like old it was now. from the 80s. <laughs> but I was or like, I was, I was impressed. Like, it yeah. got me a couple of times. It, it, awesome. The suspense. The suspense was good. Awesome. All, All right. right. We kind of introduced ourselves. This is Creators Play a Book, like I said, where we inspire creativity and motivation and create storytelling. It's great. Enlightenment. All that good stuff. All that wonderful things. And I'm Robbie. I'm Steven. I'm Michael. And the three of us today are going to talk about Cooks. Cooks. It's a cooks? character sketch. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You cooks. know what they say about too many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, say, it Michael? makes you want to leave. Wait, you wait. Can't no, no, no that means story. more food, right? More food. No, I'm going with maybe. more food. Okay, more food. How many stuff of beams does it take to write a story? About 14, because we all oh. give up after 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I don't know. I don't know what minute marker the rest of the audience is at, but we well, are oh, quite a bit into this, and most <laughs> of it is getting cut out. Uh, unless most name of is, it is getting trimmed. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Okay, cooks. So cooks. Here we are. So yeah, I mean, there's. Does anyone want to uh, share with the audience what a cook does? I would assume that a cook or a chef prepares food. You're absolutely wrong, Stephen. <gasps> a cook is a defender of our taste buds. They escort all the deliciousness, the splendor of sweet, bitter, delicious. You're missing to one. that wonderful abyss that is contained deep within us, the great access to the only imagination that satisfies the stomach. To, to merely say they prepare food is an insult, an overstatement. But yeah, they just they just make food and they make it tasty. It's, that's what well, they do. You know, I've been told a couple of times now, but a cook's main job is to deliver butter effectively to the taste buds. Butter, butter, butter. Uh, cooks. What about cooks? What do we know about cooks? Okay, let me just start by saying this. I love food. Like, food is one of my most favorite things. I think about it literally all the time. Um, I have one of those terrible habits where I will go eat lunch while I'm at work. And the first thing that I do 
when I'm back at my desk is that I want I want to snack on something. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that. I'm actually crying on the inside, but I just love <laughs> food so much. I like snacking. Food is obviously it's an essential part. It's how we live. We can't live without it. And we don't want to live without it because it's delicious and it's wonderful. And we think about it all the time. I, I think it's funny because, you know, on that same thought, <laughs> um, Jim Gaffigan cracks this joke about food when going to places. And I can't help but think uh, of what you said, Stephen, because whenever I go on vacation, the first thing on my mind <laughs> is where am I going to eat? Right. Where am I going? Because oh, yeah. that's... That's like one of the main reasons I want to go to Japan. <laughs> one of the first things Lindsay and I did is we started making a list of all our restaurants we go eat at. <laughs> okay, but this is the magical thing about Japan. I don't know about other places of the world, but the little hidden mom and pop shops give the best food. Ah, yep. that was Ty and I were there a couple of years ago, and um, we just wanted to find all the hidden places. And oh, it was so good. It it was delightful. Looking at the way, and I'm, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this, Robbie, so please stop me if you're not ready to talk about this. But food in storytelling, I think, is fascinating because food only comes up for several reasons, right? And it's usually along the lines of a character really experiencing something good. Like, your, your characters usually don't talk about the food unless it's a great experience or food is being used as more of a challenge. It's something that they don't have and they're desperate for um, food as a survival tool or mechanism. How often do you read or see a character that's just eating food? It, movies don't count because movies need a lot more filler, but they're just eating food and it's just like, meh, it's okay. That's a sandwich. I think what it comes down to really is when food is a part of the storytelling and what role it plays for that. And you're right. Food can be an element of survival. You know, any kind of story where a character is desperate to find food, it becomes an important element. And there's always the exclamation of like, oh, this this dirt covered mushroom is so tasty, better than what it would have been had I not been starving for a month. And, you know, that old trope. <laughs> but on the other hand, food does something very specific when it comes into storytelling, and it is culture. It, Ooh, it is a way yeah. of teaching and painting culture in many stories. And I've seen this time after time in books, in shows, when it is a part of the storytelling element. Like you said, sometimes it's just filler. Sometimes the guy just says, and he popped a sandwich into his mouth, or he's he's on screen and he's eating some chips, right? But when it comes to storytelling... Uh, usually culture, it's emotion, it's almost therapy are like the three points that get hit when it comes to food. So I also wanted to bring up one more point. I think it also is used to express normality. Like this is a story about hmm. real people doing real things and eating is part of those real things. I was reading a book the other day that actually had it as like a pivotal point in the story where they they had to eat. So they went to a restaurant and they bumped into someone uh, hmm. and that person exchanged a note, not on purpose. I mean, like they actually literally ran into him and wanted to say, sorry, kind of a thing, but it was that pivotal bumping moment in the restaurant that kind of was more interesting because it painted more of a real life situation. That's hmm. interesting. It's like a framework of, I guess it's a way to make the scene feel more relatable. Sure. Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite scenes from how to train your dragon are usually the scenes where they're actually inside the great hall where they do all the eating 
And that's because while exposition is happening with the main characters while they're learning about something, have you ever watched all the characters in the background? Everybody who's like eating food or they're fighting or something going on. I think the, the reason why I love those scenes is because real life is still happening, even though the main characters are having exposition. The rest of the characters are still living. And the fact that they actually went through the extent to animate the background characters was really entertaining for me. <laughs> I love background content, no matter what the scene is. It's, it adds an extra layer of entertainment and immersion. That's true. So as you, we've kind of covered pretty well. I mean, food plays such a big part. Mm -hmm. And the next part is obviously the person who brings the food. And I think you both hit on points that are so important when it comes to what the cook as a character in a story plays. Uh, you know, to your point, Michael, he brings relatability. He levels the field. What did I say? No, it's not what you said. I just remember watching uh, The Hunt for Red October, which is also in the book. But the cook was the spy, the communist spy. You know, <laughs> Did you just oh, you spoil have, that? You just spoiled a wow. movie on our podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I was reading a Jack Ryan novel. And in, in this particular <laughs> Jack Ryan novel. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. So was much the better. communist spy. I was watching a po Pokemon movie and the cook was actually a Pokemon. It was crazy. Now you're just mocking me. <laughs> I that's precisely what I'm doing, Michael. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you remember that episode of Pokemon where Brock is obsessed with the movie director and he goes up telling him all these movies that he loves? And one of the movies was I saw what you ate last Tuesday. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh like the only funny joke. <laughs> Incidentally, uh Brock is a cook character. True. Yeah. yeah. He, he, does. he makes those one. perfect rice balls. Mm. He does. I mean, you so mean the jelly donuts. Now. Well, he makes those too. No, 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 no. The, the joke of Pokemon is that when they translated it into English, they translated <laughs> rice ball into jelly donuts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not even remember I that. I did not realize that. Because I saw them as rice balls in the animation. And I would, mm -hmm. there you go. I think I remember being very confused because I remember as a kid thinking like, wow, those must be really good jelly donuts. <laughs> those are weird <laughs> jelly donuts. Looks, they look so weird. Well, the Cook character as an... When it comes to archetypes, plays a couple of different roles. And usually you see it as the wise man, the guide, the counselor, the unifier. They play the role of connecting other mm. characters together as well as being a reflection point for other characters. And you see this in a lot of stories. And the popular sci-fi Star Trek, for those who have seen it, haven't seen it, there's usually a cook character in almost every single series that will be a receptacle for many of the characters in the crew, which are the starship crew. They travel space, they go through the universe. And of course, someone's got to make the food or you know, mm -hmm. serve the food. And of course, these people on these ships go to this, this counselor like person who's just the cook. And you see this a lot. You know, it's just the wise person, like the bartender. You know, they always out offer there. advice. Well, they always offer advice. And I think it comes back to the culture. And there's just something almost ancient when it comes to food, because it's the one thing we all relate to young, old, ancient, present, future. We all got to eat food. Yeah. You know, there's another character that fills a, actually a very similar role, the barber. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That, the that's barber. an episode. In and of we itself. did an episode about that in creator's playbook. <laughs> no, no, really? 
Yeah, yeah, where the Barbara character is actually like the insider spy because they gathered all the information. <laughs> there you go. I think I remember that. Awesome. I remember that, but I can't remember the episode. That was the ragtag team. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. you're right. So something about cutting hair and eating food. <laughs> we well, always service. seek wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess people that serve. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's a really good point to bring up. I mean, food is service. You're creating yeah. something for other people. Well, anyway, I do have a unique challenge for you guys. And okay. uh, we're going to roll through this really quickly. First of all, before we get started, we're going to move into the prompt. And I do have questions to kind of help us along and start creating the story. So first of all, I open up my notes. Background of the cook, specifically, what kind of food should this cook make, guys? Curry pizza. Curry, just that's that's his food. There's Italian, Mexican food, and then there's curry pizza food. Curry pizza. Wow. <laughs> no, curry. I mean, it could be, I don't, I don't know. It's what curry the first thing that came to yeah. mind. I actually had curry pizza. So he specializes in curry. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, th- that's, that's the first starter. You guys ready for the prompt? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Oh, shoot. Actually, I forgot one other thing I needed. I actually do need a food, um, specifically some kind of fruit or a sweeter type food. Not necessarily a dessert uh, or lamb. candy. I mean, like a cinnamon rice. rice. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, non garlic. Mm. That's, That's not sweet. Though. What? That's yeah, I'm going to cinnamon roll. Cinnamon, cinnamon roll? Cinnamon roll. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. From the Enchanted Forest, specifically. Ooh, fancy. Throwback to our Enchanted Forest episode. That was a good one. That was a good one. With the magic doorway. Mm -hmm. All Cindy could think about was caramelized cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) Cinnamon. I I hate that word. Why did you have to say cinnamon rolls? (laughs) Darn you. (laughs) All Cindy could think about was caramelized cinnamon rolls. It could be in meat stuffed between two slabs of bread. Shoot, this may not work. <laughs> cinnamon rolls between okay. what, what? Okay, maybe I do need a fruit. Maybe I do need a fruit, fruit. because this, I was trying not to go wacky this time. Pineapple. Okay, there we go. There we go. That works. Sorry, Stephen. That's fine. Just... It's fine. I'm not offended. I'm just going to glare at you. <laughs> Apple. Pineapple. Pen. <laughs> All Cindy could think about was caramelized pineapple. They could be in meat, stuffed between two slabs of bread, or they could be by themselves in a bowl for all she cared. She didn't know why it had to be caramelized pineapples. It probably had to do with the little one that was growing inside of her. But she just needed them now. And that meant only one person could save her. Okay, I forgot one thing. We have to give this person a name. Give me a name super quick. (laughs) I forgot the name. Doobie. 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 All, All right, right, here we go. Doobie. Let me read that again. And that meant only one person could save her. Doobie. Doobie smiled as Cindy entered the room. Her nose was immediately assaulted by all kinds of wonderful smells that made the back of her jaw crackle with anticipation. Honey sweet bread drizzled into her nostrils right after the next wave of hot prickly spices that made her brain zing with excitement. With a sigh, she exhaled and then inhaled again, swallowing the taste of the air deep into her lungs. Cindy just let herself teeter on her feet, gulping each breath. I somehow knew I could expect you, Doobie said. And like a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat, 
his hand emerged with a bowl of caramelized pineapples. Fresh off the pan. Would you like it with something this time? Cindy just smiled. Anything will do. (laughs) Scooby dooby doo. (laughs) Dooby dooby doo. Any dream will do. There you go. Any Any dream will do. Any food. All right. Any food. So. What? I was just going to say she. She was. Oh, I thought you were shushing me. I was like, what did I do? What did I I haven't even said anything. She. 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 Ah. So, do you guys want questions first, or do you have some uh, thoughts you wanted to share? <clears throat> I like I like how you kind of painted a picture with uh, the smell she's were assaulted with as she entered this establishment, which is unnamed. Besides Doobie, maybe it's Doobie's place. <laughs> so, about, I, Doobie's I, do. I, oh wait, wait, wait! I got, I got this. Name of the place is Indubitably. Indubitably. Hey, hey, Joe! If you go into Indubitably, they're great. Well, why would I go there? I don't know. I don't know. That doobie do it well. Mm. Their caramelized cinnamon rolls are delicious. Cinnamon rolls and them. pineapple. Mm. And he especially delicious. makes a really mean pizza with it. <laughs> so, cinnamon roll pizza. <laughs> no. When when did curry pineapple come pizza. into this? Because you asked. Yeah, you asked for you asked for a kind of food, and I said curry. But. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> they had a point, I think. Well, this is this is to kind of start being on the side of world building. So we know yeah, that yeah. he makes curry, and that actually says a lot about the food uh, that he may make. So mm-hmm. and pine, yeah. you can have pineapple in curry, by the way. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. There you go. That's true. At least I've had pineapple in curry, and I very much enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I would be interested in trying that. It sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But those are like a sweet curry. So like a, a milk bit, like a, a curry with milk in it. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, pineapple curry. It works. Well, how about we build up our our area really quick? Like, what's going on? What's the day of age? Where is he at? Is he on a ship? Is he in a town it's on the edge of Egypt? I don't know. Mm. What did you guys see in your minds? I tried to be as vague as I, possible. I tried not to it was give any vague. indication it, mm-hmm. of anything, really, <laughs> other than yeah, the I, food. I got a sense that this was kind of a small town. I mean, not not big, maybe 50,000 people. And mm-hmm. it was, or maybe less, maybe 10 or 20. Uh, you know, I like small in this particular case because I saw, like, not necessarily run down, but well-maintained older places, <laughs> right? And she lived really close to this, like, walking distance, like... The kind of this is kind of a small town fill, and this you know his shop is kind of the main place in the town, that hole in the wall, uh, where you you just can't help but not like appreciate just because of how good he is at his job, which is aromanating the city. By the way, um, but I kind of like the idea that it is a little bit hidden, that <clears throat> yeah. like there it's the rustle and bustle of this incredible uh, plaza that they're at. Uh, would you say that there's lots of tourists? Like a lot of people come through this plaza? Yeah. I, yeah. So like the, the sense I'm getting is like this is next to like a major place, mm-hmm. like maybe a national park or something like that. And a this major is the, train station. This is where uh, everybody stops. Maybe. Well, the town itself, I wouldn't say so. Like I want to say that like, this is more distant. Like that's like out in the middle of nowhere, but it happens to be really close to like a major establishment, like a national hmm. park, like say Arches, you know, and this is a very popular place near there, which is mm-hmm. why they get so much foot traffic. Hmm. It's kind of the place to go. If you happen to go to this 
other place. Place. <laughs> One thing we will start to experience with our character here, our cook, is he how people interact with him directly. Mm-hmm. So I want to get yeah. or rather establish a sense of how people in this town, now that you guys have painted this beautiful mm-hmm. setting, I love this little, you know, this little nook out in the middle of nowhere that's next to these, you know, very touristy areas. Beautiful, um, beautiful touristy areas. Beautiful touristy areas. But people live in this town and they sustain the population there, you know, all support. And a smaller town is closer knit. So yeah. here's my next question, because this is a character in the story. How does the cook support the overall cast of characters? What role does he play there? So if, if did you say that her character, her name was Cindy? Cindy mm-hmm. was a character. Yeah. Okay. So if Cindy is the main character, then this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that food is a, a, an incredible relief or the food is being used as a great reward for the character, something that is desperately wanted and very much enjoyed. So his role really is the the provider or the the gifter. I'm not sure if that's like a proper role, but the the character that's able to give what the main character wants. What would you say? Kind of like a, a jester <laughs> in a story. Huh. It, it almost sounds like you're like food therapy. He yeah, sure. He well, seems uh, to be bring a very psychological. Yeah, I think I think we're going with the kind of the uh, counselor, the food counselor. Like you brought up Star Trek earlier in the episode, uh, like a Guinan or a Neelix. For those who don't know, Guinan and Neelix were the cooks slash bartenders uh, that were on these spaceships in Star Trek. Yeah, and 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 they had a very good rapport with all of the major characters in the story. And well, that's kind of questionable with Neelix, but. I mean, he tried. He was from another <laughs> galaxy, another part of the galaxy. I'm just saying, not everybody liked him. He oh. shared. A, he shared a lot of wisdom through anecdotes and stories yes. and relatable things back to his own people, which again right. brings homage to tradition and culture, which I think right. is interesting. I'm not getting that vibe from this character that perhaps he's not bringing his culture history, but rather he soothes directly through food itself. He's a master chef. He does something with the ingredients that you just can't find anywhere else in the world. You, you know, when you were, when you were kind of explaining this to me, like I got the sense of the movie hundred foot journey. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. And you know, part of, part of that, the, the main character, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but he he dis- rediscovers food and the spices mm-hmm. of his home, and uh, that was very important. And I I could see this Doobie character like bringing the spices <laughs> of in in, in Doobie Ublies. That's in the Doobie name Doobie. of it. I just wrote it down, so it's Indubida Ubli. Anyway, he brings that curry spices from India or whatever mm-hmm. or Japan. I, mm-hmm. You know, like pick kind of a more topical place, but he mixes it with local culture, like pizza. <laughs> and, oh. and, and <laughs> wow, yep, that's original, Michael. That's Michael's true. stuck on it, but you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Michael's having really, a great time. <laughs> really, in, in this sense, <laughs> food is being used as magic. Yeah. You know, it, you can only get it from a, a specific source. And so Doobie kind of is like a the magician who gets to weave these enchanting spells that the character just loves to enjoy. But it, it it's almost and it, it sorry for, for lack of better phrasing, but it's almost like a religious experience being hey, able yeah. to partake. Yeah. Being able to partake in in this food that is just 
magic. For some people, I would say food is very much a spiritual experience. I think that's solid. I want to paint a really quick scene for you guys, and then I have a small surprise. Excellent. Did you you make brownies? Did you order us food and it's going to like knock on the door here in a little bit? Because I swear, (laughs) I'm so excited right now. You can't say surprise in the middle of this recording and not tell me that you didn't door dash something. (laughs) I feel so bad. That would have been so epic. Oh, you didn't? Oh, surprise. Crumble cookies delivery. Oh, by which we are not endorsed by Crumple or DoorDash. Um, or but if, Dump, if they want to endorse us, hey. sponsor us. Hey. <laughs> well, let me paint this scene for you. This is a somewhat young town in a somewhat unexplored territory. The skies are very pure and at night, very bright with stars. And in a country that is in a world that's come quite far, technologically speaking, but still has yet to fully breach the outreaches of its own lands. And I see a place that is hobbled together, quickly mashed with all sorts of styles. And when you walk down the street and you look to your left, you see a strange mixture of flags and architecture. And you look to your right and you see the opposite. And you look to the left and you see people wearing a strange garb that looks almost traditional to wherever these people come people came from. But then you look to your right and you see another group of people that look normal. T-shirt, pants, nothing really out of the ordinary. And what Doobie sees as he walks down the street, there's a mass diversity and nationalities from all over the world. From people that don't always see eye to eye. Because as he turns down, he stops and he looks down an alley where he sees someone being attacked. There's a man screaming and yelling for help, being pushed against the wall. One of them screaming out threats of all kinds. And as he looks down this alley, they notice him. And in such a small town, you can't really hide from people. So instead of threatening him back, they just run. And he goes up and he helps the man to his feet and reaches into his pocket, gives him a couple of bucks to kind of help him get along and helps this man. But my whole point here is we're seeing that this town is a hobble for many different cultures and nations all over the world because this is a fresh part this is a fresh start people are rushing into the city from all over the world to get a new start in life and he's seeing this and he wants to help bridge the gap between all the different cultures hmm. he shouldn't have given a few dollars he should have given him a cinnamon roll oh yeah he reaches into his pocket or donuts it's all crumpled up and like (laughs) it's like smushed it's like here and the guy's like okay thanks for saving me i guess don't worry it's actually curry (laughs) oh yeah that makes it way better he like Uh, bites into it and like uh, like pours out (laughs) it's i'm sorry i'm sorry i've ruined it i ruined it it was such a touching moment (laughs) on this note i have a surprise for you guys Guys, really quick, give me a metal or a material or a resource. Uranium. Okay, here we go. Here's prompt number two. Oh. Oh. Mick heaved as he stomped forward, his feet falling like anvils against the ground with each step. Roger was a fool. It didn't matter how many kilograms of uranium they had on hand, it wouldn't be enough for their needs. 
He bumped into another. That's like a very serious situation. Whatever's going on. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do with uranium? <laughs> yeah. Things you can't do with uranium. <laughs> that doesn't go boom. <laughs> he bumped into another person that broke through the vapor of his dark thoughts. Watch it. He cracked. The other person gave him a very colorful hand signal in return. <laughs> Blimey morons. The whole place was littered with them. If only he could get out, find the freedom this place was supposed to be. In a moment, the air around him felt heavy, crushing even. He collapsed against the wall and cussed both of his eyes with the palm of his hands, trying to banish the sharp fury that was bubbling within him. None of this was like what he had been told. It was all a lie, a deep, piercing lie that robbed him of any of the hope that he'd barely possessed before. Then he smelled something. It was sweet and fluffy in his nose, as though he were catching cream in the air. Pancakes. The word pancakes melted all the thoughts, the anger, and then obliterated the fog in his mind. When was the last time he had had pancakes? He hopped up and followed the smell. There was a man, someone named Doobie, he hadn't met yet. Apparently, Doobie made the best pancake. <laughs> Doobie pancakes. Apparently, Doobie made the best pancakes anyone had ever had. There you go. That surprisingly fit very well um, yeah. with this premise. That was not predetermined. So the fact hmm. that what we just set up led into this mm -hmm. was complete coincidence. Nice. Uh, but kind of matches with the, it, this was supposed to be the introduction to the conflict that the cook's involved in, but mm -hmm. we've kind of already answered this question. So the, the way that you had two different prompts, did, did you ever see that, um, that food celebratory show it? <laughs> okay. I'm not explaining this very well. It was an anime series, a short series on Netflix that was all about food. It was called the flavors of youth. And it's like all these people oh. reminiscing about how important food was to them as they were growing up. Yeah. And I could see something like this being um, a collection of short stories about all these individual people connected to Doobie and how Doobie is just like the single source of relief or like magic, the way that we were describing magic before. But you get yeah. to see like each individual story and how they're influenced by crossing paths with, with Doobie. Doobie and Doobie's restaurant or Doobie's food. And I, I just think that that would be really neat to see all these individual people because I think that's the other thing too, especially if, if a cook character is stationary mm -hmm. or traveling in this case, they're influencing hundreds, if not thousands of people yeah. who, who are crossing paths. Um, and they're, they're kind of like a unifier or, or just everybody well, has this moment with them. You know, with this last little story blurb, I really like this idea because I, I want to say Mick, he's like an international terrorist and this uranium <laughs> is not going to good causes, but he comes like Doobie, like actually like intervenes somehow magically. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Doobie intervenes and like actually can like through like th food therapy, like convinces the guy to not go through with, with whatever he was going to do, making a bomb or making a dirty bomb or, or, um, I don't know, something with urine. Poisoning the water supply. Could be. It would be kind of cool if his ability to see things in people mm -hmm. was not 
not like actually magical, but mm-hmm. literally like almost like a superpower. Like he has a way to see people and understand, you know, he could see someone say that person's up to no good. Right. Or, no, no, I, I, yeah. Okay. I want to take that a different step. Okay. What if his magical ability, and I'm not saying real magic, but he has this hyper sense of what that person needs to eat. Cause you had that part in, in the very first story oh, where he's like, cool. I knew you'd be here. I, I know what you need. And yeah. like he gives it to her. So what if like in, in the second story with Mick, it's just by happenstance that he was making pancakes and pancakes was exactly what Mick needed. But for other people, you know, they walk into their store and he's like, just a moment. I got this. For I you. got this. <laughs> and, you know, it, he's just like this kind, gentle, gentle, older man. And he's like, ah, just a moment, dear. And like he, he goes and like picks up. The curry cinnamon roll, obviously, that, that fixes all of our problems. Um, <laughs> That's just so gross. <laughs> I'm sorry for Michael Curry pizza. Curry but pizza. It, oh yeah, that's, but that's much less better. gross. That actually is quite good. <laughs> but you know, he can just tell. He, he can tell what gap in your soul needs filling, and he has that filling. You know, it, whether it be donuts. I don't know. I think. I think Doobie fills the cracks of people's souls with food good food wow wow he also fills the cracks of people's stomach quite literally and their soul i didn't get it sorry was there a joke no no no. i was going to mention peanut butter he fills the the cracks of their souls with peanut butter (laughs) that's a secret ingredient mall cop that was his like Peanut butter fills the cracks of the souls and oh. shoves the peanut butter sandwich into his mouth. I'm sorry. I didn't get the reference. That's okay. I'm, That's okay. I'm sorry. You just cut it out. Just move, move along. Move along. Nothing to see here. That reminds me of the image. Um, I, I believe it's from Japan, uh, Kintsukuroi, uh, hmm. where if, if a vase has broken, there's this tradition where you would actually use gold as kind of like a, a glue to piece it back together. And apparently the whole concept of this is that broken things can be made beautiful, that nothing oh. is truly broken, um, but you can turn these broken things into artwork. And maybe that's what he's doing with food. You know, broken people or people who are struggling with yeah. something, yeah. he he can piece them back together again with with this uh, with magic the food, food of their childhood. <laughs> I think it would be so cool if all of the uh, dishware in his shop, like imagine walking in mm. and this shop's empty. It's just you and him in the shop and you walk up to the counter and he just kind of stands there smiling and he's like, so what you doing? What you doing for? What can I get you? And you kind of sit there and think, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want, man. And then he just starts talking. He, does, he just talks about what's going on in life. How you doing? You like the weather today? And then as he's doing this, he's grabbing ingredients and he's just starting to make stuff. He just talks to you, goes and goes and goes. But the thing that really catches you is when he's serving you your first dish. And unbeknownst to you, it's exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. he sits down on the table, you can't help but notice that there are cracks in the plate. And then you look over at this, the, uh, the cups hanging from the wall, and they're all cracked too. All in pieces that have been glued back together, stitched back together in some way. And you can't help but notice that the whole theme of this restaurant is broken plates, bowls, cups, all being brought back together. And it's just this kind of warm, fuzzy feeling as he just kind of leans over the table and you just chat as you eat one of the best meals you've had in a very long time. 
that's a first person perspective from a character from the story, I guess. But yeah, I, I love but, that but concept. Another story. I love the concept too. It and you know, kind of looking at uh indubitably, which is what Michael named the restaurant. <laughs> um I I looked it up just to, I wanted to get like a clear cut definition. And it says mm-hmm. impossible to doubt. And I think that's oh, actually really cool really because cool. you have Doobie who <laughs> doesn't doubt his ability to give you exactly what you're searching for, but yeah. also you as the character coming to knowing that no matter how broken you are or not even knowing what you might be struggling with, you're going to get what you need, either in this food therapy or in the conversation where you just feel so uh, cared about by this this character, Doobie. Um, or, you know, you just need a good meal that makes you feel good. And so it, whatever it is, going here, you will undoubtedly, indubitably get exactly what you're looking for. I love it. What a great way to tie the bow on this story. Thanks, Stephen. Guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you had a good time. We sure did, um, <laughs> indubitably. <laughs> um, we, we think, I love the Cook character. They're often one of my favorite characters and stories, and they're often overlooked. I, I don't see them enough, and it kind of makes me sad because the Cook tends to play a role that unifies the characters, mm-hmm. as he did in this story. He ended up being the unifier uh, of broken souls. You know, individually and as a community, he brought people back together and and tried to break down those walls. I wish we had a little more time to see like how he would have done that between like the different, you know, nationalities Mm -hmm. that had traveled here, like, um, or whatever. But at the same time, uh, maybe that's something you guys can explore. How does he bring the Mm -hmm. different communities and cultures together? Uh, How does he bring the diversities together and help them, you know, find common ground? Yeah. And maybe it's just done through food. Who knows? But well, and, you know, I'm so sorry for interjecting because I know that we're closing up. But this what you're just saying really reminded me of another character um, from from a different show. But from Avatar, The Last Airbender, you had Uncle Iroh, who was a tea master. And he brought people together, not only through his anecdotes, but also through this connection of tea. And I was just getting a, a reminder of that episode where it's like four individual stories that were all told in a single episode and it ended with Uncle Iroh. And then I got like the whole like little so- soldier boy like playing in my head. Oh, like, oh no. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Those of us who've seen it, I've cried so many times. I just can't say it enough. There's something about cooks that br- that brings an emotional connection to your audience and your characters. And if you're finding yourself stuck in your storytelling, Maybe look for a way that someone cooking food might <laughs> give you a boost. Make a connection you're looking for. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> Thank um, you. They get an unexpected letter in the mail telling them to go visit a particular food place. And on a whim, <laughs> they go. They just open up the letter and stuffed inside is a soggy curry roll. <laughs> oh. Cinnamon roll. <laughs> just, just, they pick up the letter and it's literally soaked. And they're like, what is inside of this thing? Why? Indubitably. I like that, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you're interested in learning uh, more about the podcast, uh, please find us on Creators PB Pod. If you're looking for us on Twitter, if you're looking for us on Facebook or any other place, you can just look for Creators Playbook in the search bar and we'll pop up. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see what you make. Can't wait to see you guys. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Creators Playbook is a Talea Studios production. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com.
Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make.